Good morning. Good morning. Good to see each of you here. Welcome you here this morning. I want to give you a few announcements before we begin our service together. First of all, the kids' uh, regular Sunday night programs meet tonight. Uh, as, as usual, the only change is the children's handbell are meeting upstairs at the Family Life Center. Next Sunday is our annual Carnival Truck or Treat. It starts inside at 5 o'clock at the Family Life Center. There'll be games, activities, hot dog dinner, hayride will be outside, we, I think, and the, uh, we'll have truck or treating outside. Uh, there'll be no regular Sunday night programs on the night of Halloween Carnival. Portraits begin this week, Wednesday through Saturday, and then the following Friday and Saturday. If you have not signed up, it is still not too late, according to Jane Rhodes. If you will contact Jane Rhodes, we can get you into one of those sittings, we think. So please uh, check with her if you, if you realize that you haven't done that yet. Practice for festivals and carols begins this Wednesday. If you would like to be part of that uh, wonderful service, you can see Jessica. She can give you more information. Nominations Committee is appealing for someone to be the Leisure Ministries chairperson. And we've come to, our, to the conclusion that what we really think we need is someone who does not have children in the program, but whose children maybe have already graduated out of that and are not underfoot, and that because the children participate in so much. We need some, so what we're looking for is someone who you know, who's sports-minded and doesn't have to worry about their own children participating. If, you have, uh, if you'd like to have more information about this, Leisure Ministries Chair, please contact Robbie Septon. And Robbie wanted me to remind you that the basketball sign-ups, the deadline is the 28th, 28th. Now, you know I announced last week that as part of the Parable of Talents Challenge, Sarah Catherine Lee, would have homemade crafts for sale today. Well, I want to, their family wants to apologize to you because they're not going to be here today. Alan's mother passed away, and so they're going to be, uh, they're at a funeral today. We want to remember them in our prayers. And they will be doing, she said, uh, Mary Lee said to let you know that next Sunday, Sarah Catherine Lee will have the crafts for sale as part of the parable of the talents challenge. The other day I came into my office and I was welcomed by a whole bunch of pictures by our, little, our wonderful children of our church and it warmed my heart. They were tickled to death to be able to surprise me. I put some of them up on the wall and I brought this one as a representation. They are really uh, wonderful and I appreciate the, you children who did this. This one was done by Ellery. And you know what I really like about these pictures? See the hair, all the hair that's on these pictures. And not only that, but they gave me lots of different colors of hair. And so it's really interesting. Something I would never probably have a chance to do, have orange hair and pink hair and stuff. Anyway, all right, that's the, that's the announcements for the day. But we, before we begin our worship, we have a special recognition by the women. And I think, uh, Ellen, if you'll come up and take care of that. Good morning. 
Each year, the United Methodist Women honor two individuals who have been outstanding working in our church as well as our um, community. And this morning, we'd like to recognize two of those individuals who have been outstanding this year. Um, if you've ever received this pin, would you please stand for a moment so we can congratulate you if you've ever received the special recognition pin from the UMW. Thank you. Thank you. Our first recipient this morning was born in Blaney, South Carolina. I didn't know there was a Blaney, South Carolina. I have to ask where that is. This lady is the youngest of nine children of Lillian and Paul Ross Sr. She was raised as a Baptist where she was an active member and shared her musical talent. She sang in church and throughout the Columbia area singing to Fort Jackson soldiers, youth, youth crusades, and in TB hospitals. At age 12, she sang at the Billy Graham Crusade. She attended Camden schools where she was a majorette. After graduation, she attended Furman University, majoring in childhood education and minoring in music. While at Furman, she met her future husband, Bill, who was, also, who was attending Clemson at the time. They moved to Greer and became members of Memorial. She has two daughters, Sheila and Shaky. She's been an active member by leading our youth, teaching Sunday school, singing in choir, teaching children's sermons, singing solos, participating in children's musical programs, reading to our children, providing books and stuffed animals to the children's library, and serving on numerous committees. She taught in the Greenville County School System for 31 years at Central Elementary, Davenport Junior High, Fairview Elementary, and Greer Middle School. After retirement, she went back to Furman where she taught senior education majors. During her years as an educator, she won numerous awards including Greenville County Teacher of the Year and was first runner-up in the state. In 1998, she became Mrs. South Carolina Senior. She continues to share her love of music and her love of God with her music ministry, the Camac Trio. She has a strong faith and feels you should share your time, your talents, and your gifts. This wonderful lady is Margie Crowley. Margie, if you'd come up, please. Now, where is Blaney, South Carolina? <laughs> The other recipient we'd like to honor this morning is an undergrad, she did her undergraduate work and graduate work also at Furman University. She was happily married for over 40 years. She and her husband love to travel and she still enjoys traveling. She is retired from having taught in private and public school. She was recently recognized for having over 170 volunteer hours with children. This lady also enjoys music and began playing the piano as a young girl. She is a member of Delta Kappa Gamma and Alpha Alpha and the Camac Sunday School class. As a member of the Lydia Fellowship Circle, she reminds members of their upcoming meetings. 
She volunteers at the Greer Heritage Museum and also volunteers in our church office when June is absent. She is now busy visiting our senior citizens with Pastor Joe. Patsy and her late husband, Ed, raised two children, Joseph Farmer and Joy Davis. She never meets a stranger, always has a smile on her face, is always willing to help, and has left her loving touch on many lives. Patsy.
The Lord be with you. Let us pray together. Oh Lord our God, we ask that you would bless us so we may bless others. We ask that you expand our territory so we may be kingdom builders. We pray that your hand would be with us so that our hands could be a help to others. And we ask that you would keep us from evil so that we would not cause pain to anyone. We pray in your name. Amen. Let us affirm our faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the As it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Let our children come forward for our children's time.
Good morning. Are you guys awake? Okay, good. Tell me there's a holiday coming up at the end of this month. What might that be? Um, Halloween. Halloween. I know I'm excited too. Have you got your costume? Yeah. You ready to go trick-or-treating? You ready to go trunk or treating here at the church? Yeah. Okay, good. All right, well, um, I brought something um, from my house, and you guys probably have real ones, but I have a fake one. Tell me what this is. A jack-o'-lantern, that's right. Does it start out looking like this? Do you pick it up off the shelf like this normally? Not unless you have a fake one like me. Um, <laughs> that's right. So tell me, when you get a pumpkin, and it's not a necessarily a jack-o'-lantern yet, what do you have to do to that pumpkin? You have to carve it. First, I kind of wash mine off, make sure we get all the extra dirt and grime off of there. And then how do you, how do you get in there to carve it? What do you do, Sarah? You got it. That's an important part, too. You have to cut the top off, right? You have to get somebody to help you get the, cut the top off. Then you have to dig all this stuff out. That's right. I know. You have to get all the seeds and all the gunk and grime. And then you have to give the jack-o'-lantern a face, right? And I always give mine a smile. You don't have to, but I like to give mine a smile. But I was thinking about it, and I was like, you know, Halloween has a lot to do with kind of being like a Christian, just like the jack-o'-lantern when we become Christians, Jesus helps us because he takes all that dirt and grime and he washes it away. And then he helps us get all the ooey-gooey stuff out, maybe like our sins in our life or doubt or, you know, selfishness. He takes all those things and helps us lead us with those things. And then he always puts a smile on my face. Does Jesus put a smile on your face? And the most important part, what do we do to make it show up at night? Because this won't show up at night. You put a candle in it so that the light will shine through and you can see the jack-o'-lantern's face. And that's the same way as being Christians. We have to let that light shine just like Jesus gave us and let everyone see that we are Christians and we believe in God. So when you see the next jack-o'-lantern around Halloween, I want you to think not only is it a representation of our holidays, but it's also going to remind us of how we are good, strong Christians. Can you, play, can you pray and repeat after me? Here we go. Dear Jesus, help us to let our light shine so that others will see our good works and glorify our Father in heaven. Amen. Amen. Thanks, guys. Jesus loves me The reading from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 10, verses 17 through 31. The rich young man. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? 
Why do you call me good? Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not give false testimony. Do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. Teacher, he declared, all these I have kept since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said, go sell everything you have and give it to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were amazed at his words, but Jesus said again, children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were even more amazed and said to each other, who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. Peter said, we have left everything to follow you. I tell you the truth, Jesus replied, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. Homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children and fields and with them persecutions and in the age to come eternal life but many who are first will be last and the last first the word of god for the people of god thanks, thanks be, be to, to god, god.
Let us bow our heads in prayer. O Lord, in your mercy, hear the prayers of these thy people. Almighty and everlasting God, you created the heavens and the earth. You, you gave life to every living thing. And all these living things show forth your power. You are worthy of our praise. And we come to you this day praising you, humbly coming before you, offering our petitions and our prayers and our thanksgiving. We are your creatures, and we look up to you as our creator. We must confess, O oh God, this day that your knowledge is more than we can imagine, and our attempts to understand you are futile. We forget our place in creation and try to make ourselves equal to you. It is by your mercy that we live, but we seek places of favor which are not ours to ask. O oh God, this day, for our arrogance and our ignorance and our sins, forgive us. Form us into more fully images of you. By your Holy Spirit, inspire us to accept the task that you have laid upon us. Help us to unite our sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving with that of Christ so that our works may be acceptable in your sight and to your honor and to your glory. We are reminded in Scripture that Jesus came to give his life as a ransom for many, that none might be condemned and perish. And he reached out to whatever need was there and met it with humble assurance, with grace. And so we pray this day, O oh God, that you'd help us to reach out in your name to those who are suffering this day, that relief from distress, whether it be body, mind, or soul, or spirit, may come and that we may offer up thanksgiving. We pray specifically for all those who are listed in our prayer list, both public and private. And we pray, O oh, oh God, this day for those who are in our hearts now. As we pray, we know that you hear us, most holy and blessed God. And we pray together with one voice as you taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We United Methodists believe that giving is part of worship. So let us continue our worship with our giving. Let our ushers come forward at this time to receive our tithes and our offerings.
Our sermon text today comes from the book of Job, chapter 38. When God finally begins to answer Job. Give attention now to the reading of God's holy word. Then the Lord answered Job out of the storm, and he said, Who is this that darkens my counsel with words without knowledge? Brace yourself like a man. I will question you, and you shall answer me. Where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? Tell me if you understand. Who marked off its dimensions? Surely you know. Who stretched a measure line across it? On what were its footings set? Or who laid its cornerstone? While the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Oh Lord, we thank you for gathering us today. In the house of worship, we thank you for being present with us through the power of the Holy Spirit. And help us now, O oh God, to understand uh, these words and to understand this question. We pray in your name. Amen. Now the question is this. Why do bad things happen to good people? Why do bad things happen to good people? Well, first and foremost, I might answer that there's nothing really good. Even Jesus just told us that in the first scripture, didn't he? Except for God himself. So maybe we should say mostly good people. But that's a question that's often asked of pastors and it's often asked of people as they go through tragedies. And so I want to try to answer it. But I want to retell this story just a little bit with a modern day parable a man named Joey B there once was this man named Joey B and he was a father and he was a grandfather and he was a rancher he was a businessman he was well known and respected in his community uh, most people looked at, at uh, Joey B and thought of, that this man had a blessed life uh, Joey would attend worship regularly and every morning, every night, he would thank God for his many blessings. He was a God-fearing man in a godless world. And one day, he was in his office and he received a call on his cell phone alerting him to some very bad news. It seemed that a small tornado had touched down. The news was grim. The disaster had killed a large number, large number of his herd and seriously injured some of his workers, including, they thought, one of his sons. And before that news could sink in, a, a knock came at the door of his office and then walked one of his assistants. And they said, come quick, a fire has started at your house. And we think one of your grandchildren has called upstairs. Before Joey B. could bolt out the door, he received another message. It was from his broker. The market was crashing. Need you to wire money to cover your margins. J.B. was trying to comprehend all this at once when his secretary announced that there had been another emergency. On the phone was the hospital. It seemed that a, a minivan carrying several members of the family had crashed. They didn't know the extent of the injuries yet, but they knew that some were dead. 
With that last bit of news, Joy B. let out a scream that could be heard by everyone in his office and probably even outside of his office. This scream, he just didn't know what else to do but scream. All these things were happening in just a short period of time. The next several days, to say the least, were a blur. Multiple funerals had to be arranged and held. Many hard decisions had to be made. And while many friends came by to pay their respects and offer advice, most people would just shake their head and say, why did this happen to such a fine man? Why did this happen? And Joy B's wife was particularly distraught and She's told her husband, we ought to just curse God. He allowed all this to happen. And Joy did not answer. He just simply carried on until finally all the dead were buried. The injured began to recover. The fire damage, the store damage, the storm damage began to be repaired. The finances began to stabilize. And just as things were beginning to return to some kind of normalcy, he broke out with a, a rash from head to toe. The rash was so painful that he couldn't stop itching and often would scratch till the sore started to bleed. And the only thing the doctor would say was, well, this is probably due to all the stress in your life. <laughs> if you could reduce it, it might go away. In the meantime, his wife became more and more despondent. She went around cursing and blaming God for their misfortune. And, and finally, after a while, even J.B. grew very bitter and he began cursing the day that he was born. And to his buddies, he, he was just so despondent, they all wanted to offer him advice. And so they would try to comfort him and they would speak to him at length about his great misfortune. And his friends had many opinions as to why these things had happened, they offered much suggestions. One said, blessed is the man God corrects. Another one said, surely you received what your sins deserved. And one said, stop your complaining, Joy. Could have been worse. Could have been worse. Before I go any further in this modern day parable, there's not one of us here today who has, have not experienced some type of tragedy within our family or our friends' lives. And this question comes up so often. The same question that Job had. Why did this all happen? I was a good man. I was doing the right thing. I was fair to my employees. I prayed to you, Lord. I, I went to church. I gave the offering. Why? Why? Well, finally, one of Joy B's friends spoke up who had been silent for a long time, and he spoke up and he said, You know, Joy, should we accept the good from God and not the bad? Should we accept the good from God and not the bad? Pretty, pretty fair question. A wise man once said that the two greatest things that changed my life were one, that there is a God and two, that I am not God. 
You see, whether we like it or not, the only answer that is given to Job or to Joy B in our story or to any of us is that there is a God and we are not God. There is really no explanation to the mystery of suffering in this life. And the closest thing that we get is the knowledge and grace that God is present to us even amidst the suffering. There is a God. There is a God. And when God says, where were you at the foundations of the earth, which sounds kind of harsh to our ears at first reading, if you think about it, that is really grace to our ears. Because where we were, where we were in the mind of God even then. Even then we were in the mind of God. As He created the creation, we were in His mind. And the knowledge and grace that we have a God who is willing to think about us, but even more, willing to speak to us at all should bring us some consolation and some understanding to this question that has dogged us from the beginning. You see, the thing is, there is a God, and that is the hope and the good news today. In the midst of all suffering, the midst of all things that can happen, even to the extreme as happened in Job and Joey B's life, we know that we have a God who is not only a God who's out there somewhere, but it's a God who has come to be known to us in the name, in the person of Jesus Christ, who has spoken to us in the life and death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has taught us that the rain falls on the good and the bad alike, that has taught us that calamities as well as blessings fall upon everyone, but to remind us over and over again that God has the final word. God has the final word. Just as Jesus told the disciples in the gospel reading, God has the final word. And even though you may have lost farms and lands and property and family and investments and children, they'll all be restored to you. And we must see that this is the only and best answer to the question, why do bad things happen? For when we begin to hear God speak in reply to Job, we begin to understand that God has it all. He has it all. He has it all here, here in His hand. Every day is a gift of God. Every day, no matter what happens, is within God's hand. And every day, no matter what happens, God has the final word. And so the last word is not tragedies, even though we all know we will go through them. In the gospel lesson, it said clearly, but you'll suffer persecutions. 
God's last word is hope. You see, there will come a time. In time, there will come a day in time and space. There will come a day in time and space, just like this day, when the Lord will appear. And as Revelation says, which is the last book and the last word God has on the subject, that He will wipe away every tear from our eyes once and for all. Sin, evil, and calamity are very real. There's no doubt about that. They're very real in the life of Job. They're real in the life of our character, Joey B. They're real in every one of our lives. Spouses leave us and desert us. Children turn on us and fail us. Our investments go up and down and sometimes stay down. Everything that could possibly happen does. A wreck happens, an injury happens, a disease happens. And it's all because we live in this created world that is not free of sin and death yet. But it's on its way to being. And so God's response is a response that carries with it great hope. Because the God who has it all in His hand will have the last word. You know, I think that so many times we just forget and don't understand and comprehend the effects of sin on everything. It's as if our whole world is just in this big vat of corrosive acid type material and that it swashes, we swash around in it, slosh around in it, and, and it affects us and we don't really realize that it affects us. And it affects people's decisions and some decision way over here makes the decisions all down the line to the point where that decision affects you. And sometimes we, are hard, we can't seem to place the, how they're connected, but they're connected all because of sin. But God did not leave us in our sin. Job came to understand, and we who follow Jesus have come to understand, that no matter what happens in this life, it's not God's final word. God's final word is restoration. The creation groans. For the day that the Lord will appear, the creation, it is not God's final word. Final word is restoration and new life. Restoration of all that has been taken away from you and all that's been taken away from those whom you love. God has the last word. So why do bad things happen? Because of evil and sin. But that's not the final word. Friends, in the face of all that you will endure throughout your life, remember that the best news I can ever share with you, the best news that you can ever glean from reading the Bible is to remember that there is a God and we know His name. His name is Jesus. And He always has the last word, a word of hope. Amen. And amen. If you will turn with me to our last hymn, is number 77.
May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion and fellowship of the Holy Spirit be yours this day and each day. Amen.